Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra. Coming at you live from the Gorilla Camp out here in the Resistor Lab. And I am joined today by a guy who is very active on the forum. We are getting him spooled up to be another writer on AmericanPartisan.org. And and he is putting together his own podcast out there that I am personally very excited once this thing gets off the ground, because he has got a lot to say. I am joined by my friend Madman Actual. And Madman Actual is a former signals intelligence guy from the United States Army, has worked for uh, at least one other agency out there, and we're putting together some really cool stuff. Madman Actual, what's up, brother? Same old, same old. What's going on, man? Enjoying a fine cigar on New Year's Day, and of course, talking to you. Yeah, buddy. Well, um, yeah, I'm just hanging out. Family went out for the day. I decided to stay home and uh, educate some people, man. There you go. So right off the top, tell us a little bit about your background, your professional experience, and, and why everybody needs to, really needs to be paying attention to what you have to say? Uh, well, uh, caveat, um, I'm not the only SIGINT dude out there, so don't, uh, you know, it's not my way or the highway. This is just everything that I'm talking about is my experience and what I saw, um, which, if you think about it, is actually a small scope because I was only in for seven years, um, you know, 2010 to 2017. It's actually when everything was kind of winding down in the GWAT uh, in terms of combat operations. So I, I got to see the transition from, um, well, I was in 2012, I was in Afghanistan. Um, we were more on the tactical side of SIGINT, as we like to call it, um, flying in an ISR aircraft. Um, not a drone. I was actually flying, so I was like only half of a fobbit, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Um, but it was interesting, man, because like you, you get to see a lot in that job that you don't see in the what I call strategic, which is the actual analysis. Um, and you, you've mentioned it, the F three EAD, the find, fix, finish, yep. uh, exploit, disseminate. Yeah. I was in the. I was in the um, find, fix, finish, but even more so the fix and finish, uh, specifically the fix part of that. So, um, yeah, I started at ISR, which is kind of backwards. Uh, usually you do the strategic analysis side, and then my billet was actually uh, for an E5. And there was, 
I can't remember the exact number, but there was a crop of us from my advanced individual training or AIT for those that you not the know. Um, there was a whole bunch of us and we all went to the same unit right after AIT and we're all a bunch of PFCs, you know, we're Joe's and we're filling E5 billets, um, which was terrifying. Cause I was like, man, I, like they're, they're throwing acronyms I've never heard of. <laughs> like there's this old crusty E6 that's been doing this since like, you know, he had literally invaded Iraq the first time and he's still hanging out and he's like, he just knows everything about the geospatial yeah. stuff and how it works. Like he's seen, you know, 20 years of evolution in this. And here we are like rolling with the big dogs and we're just like kindergartners essentially. Um, whole lot of OJT so, man. Yeah, dude, it was, it was stressful, uh, but I learned a lot. So then I went to the NSA from there. Um, and there was where I got the strategic. So, like I said, I did it kind of backwards. Um, most guys go to the strategic units and then get augmented to um, units like yours or Johnny Paratroopers units, you know, the conventional yep. uh, ground pounder units. Or they just get deployed as an intelligence unit and they're just sitting at the big giant fobs like Bagram or JBAD, um, Kandahar, yep. um, stuff like that. So... I learned a lot there. Um, it was funny. Again, I got put in a position that I think that I probably shouldn't have been put into. I got selected to be an instructor for the analyst course for deploying people. Like, uh, and I say deploying people because it was military, contractor, and DOD civilians. Um, yeah. So if you were deploying through the NSA, you were coming through our course. Well, here I am, right? I went through AIT, uh, and then I did... Uh, 11 weeks um, LLVI training out in Fort Huachuca, right? And then I get That's deployed. That's a good time right there. Oh, dude, it was fun. I loved it. Yeah. Um, especially coming straight out of AIT because, like, that course, again, was not designed for um, new guys. That was not Greenhorn course. No. Um, you're, you're supposed to go to your unit, get put <clears throat> as an LLVI operator, and then go to that course. So for, uh, so for the listeners, LLVI stands for low-level voice intercept. And these are the guys, I've talked about them in the past, and that's kind of the paradigm that I come from with the signals intelligence course, where you're using equipment at the ground level to intercept anything that emits a signal. And then from there, you're refining that process. So Madman Actual, that, that's actually what you did uh, while you were there. Yep. Yeah. So we did, um, it wasn't just that, that was actually just a portion of the training. Uh, it was a huge portion because it worked in conjunction. Um, actually, I don't know if I should say it on the net, but it was where you had three trucks that were also sensors. And then yep. you sent your, your low level voice intercept guys out with somebody like you, uh, with a big 30 caliber scope rifle. <laughs> um, yeah, but the trucks soak up like everything. Like you said, any any electronic electromagnetic transmission, they soaked it up. Um, and actually, this is open source. Uh, it's the DRT. Uh, it's just a big box essentially. And like I said, anything electromagnetic, man, it, it's soaking it up. Uh, and that's old technology, so God only knows what they have now. Um, so. Right. 
and I bring up the LLVI stuff because I feel like um, for a partisan or a guerrilla or even just a preparedness group, most likely you're going to be doing something more like LLVI, which I haven't been to your course, but the RTO, advanced RTO and SIGINT course, that kind of yeah. sounds like what everyone's going to be doing because it's just realistic. You're using cheaper gear, um, you know, or inexpensive gear, I should say. Um, right. You're, you don't have, like what I used, uh, the PRD-13, you know, that's a $25,000 piece of equipment. Um, you know, not everybody has, and well, you need a certain license to buy it in the first place. So not everybody has that. Uh, so most people are going to be using a scanner and a Yagi, um, yep. which is pretty much what LLVI is. You uh, hopefully actually have three of them so you can triangulate to make a triangle uh, with three three different sensors soaking it up and uh, and honing in on whatever frequency uh, the emitter that you're hunting down is transmitting on. Um, so yeah, I got a lot of that. Uh, the ISR was mostly um, 2G, 3G uh, mobile telephony. Um, so that is more defensive in, in what we're talking about. Um, I don't foresee anybody going out and, and, and hunting down a, an old Nokia. Nah. Um, probably not going to happen. Um, but it's good to know that, you know, that technology exists and it's uh, – it's very accurate. I used to walk teams in to a specific door uh, in a pretty crowded group of houses. You know, in Afghanistan, they call them kalats. Yep. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, yep. But even in the mountains, you know, you got that one dude sitting up in the mountain and we'd get him. And it's not as easy because, you know, there's a lot of uh, radio frequency propagation that goes into that and it's easy to lose them. You know, you, our plane goes on the wrong side of the mountain and, oh, connection's gone. And now I got to do the whole thing over again. Um, right. Which is more of the bureaucracy bureaucracy of how it all works. Because um, there's a lot of oversight with this stuff. Because it's dangerous. And uh, we learned our lesson in Iraq because we actually shut down uh, Iraqi phone networks because people didn't know how to use the technology properly. Um, which I could get into. That's probably a little bit too in-depth. Um yeah, well, the, the geospatial is definitely the big one. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you, you could end up, you got to understand, too, that, that in the craft of intelligence, you don't want to burn your sources until you've already won. Until, right. you know, the, the mousetrap is already shut and the target doesn't, either isn't aware of it or they're getting ready to squirt on you, meaning, meaning they're going to be taken off. And yeah. so... You know, working with teams uh, of the LLVI guys specifically and, and uh, having a, a multifunction team or an MFT that was assigned to us uh, and, and working in tandem with them because they enabled us. They, they were an enabler. They enabled us to be able to target guys on the ground based on signals intelligence primarily. Yep. So, you know, when – you could end up shutting down the wrong network. You could end up shutting down something prematurely. And that would happen pretty often to us in Iraq. We would end up burning a frequency that we had been listening to for a while because somebody would make the wrong decision or yep. 
the like what the example that I give in class, there was a, uh, a repeater network in uh, eastern Afghanistan that the Pakistanis had built and the Taliban were utilizing. Well, somebody on the conventional side thought that it was going to be a good idea to start blowing these repeaters up and just <laughs> the, the Siganers would get a fix on their location and they would drop rounds on them. Yeah. Well, deny the enemy was the mindset. Yeah. But what ended up happening was the guys would just go simplex only, or they would use signal mirrors or whatever else they would go low tech. And then yep. we wouldn't be able to hear them anymore. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing is, um, I'm glad you brought up burning your source. Um, when, when we say burning our source, it's you are tipping off what you're doing to the enemy. Um, so an example that I use, that I would use when I was an instructor was, uh, you know, I brought my ISR experience because that's all I had to work on, right? I didn't, I never did real world analysis. I did it in AIT because, you know, AIT was six months long. Um, and we had a big capstone for like two weeks. Uh, there was all analysis and that was the last time I'd done it. So when I went in, I was like, Hey, you know, you got to make sure you guys do the proper analysis. So when guys like me go up in that plane and we're tracking this guy, we don't do something to tip him off because the way the technology works, it's pretty easy. Like their phone would literally get hot. Um, yep. just cause of the, the, the method that we were using, you're, you're burning up the phone's battery and you're, you know, if they're used to sitting in their house and they have two bars of signal and for like four hours they have, <laughs> they have full bars and their battery's dead <laughs> and they just charged it. It's like, oh yeah, they're probably hmm. messing with my phone. <laughs> you know, yep. it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Um, or better yet, you know, I, I remember a specific op where the same dude did the same thing every day he would go out he had this big giant uh tree maybe like 50 meters from his house he would go out and sit under the tree smoke a cigarette just kind of chill at like the same time every day and we watched him for like a week well you know i was watching it happen on my end and i was like oh yeah he's definitely like that's definitely the dude and i radioed that to the team on the ground who had a scope on him well, the guy went inside and somehow I, I, I'm still baffled at how it happened. One of the, I can't remember what country it was. It wasn't U.S. forces that we were supporting. It was, uh, I think the Lithuanians, something like that. Ooh. And the dude went up and he left his phone under the tree. And the guy went and picked up, our guy went and picked up the phone. Well, you know. Tally probably looked out the window because we never heard from him again. He, he dipped out. He was gone. Um, yeah. Because he looked out and he was like, oh, they found my phone. Huh. <laughs> Oops. How'd they know I was out there? You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it, it's just human nature to be curious about stuff like that. And it's easy to do. Um, you know, and the geospatial is how that you know, we get to that point because we were successful a lot of times, you know, I, I remember covering missions where like, yeah, we booted in the door and, you know, somebody did their thing and rolled out and that was it, you know, bad guy gone or, you know, God forbid they arrest right. him. So he's released the next day, but <laughs> cause that happened yeah. all the time. Um, 
yeah, you know, on the kill missions, it was like smooth as butter. Everything went right. Um, but there was a lot of back backdoor stuff that happened and that's through geospatial. And that's where what you talk about, how things are backdoored. Um, we have sensors that are picking this stuff up. You know, it's nothing for us. If we build a network communications network, so easy for some, the person who built it to plant a sensor that sucks yep. up everything like a vacuum. It's not like people use magnet. Um, I don't like it because magnet only picks up metal. This is like a shop vac that sucks up any and everything that it comes through. Um, from there, an analyst refines it. So like, you know, they don't have the manpower to look at everybody's stuff. But if you're raising a fuss and another source gets you, then the city right. picks it up. Okay, now we're going to look at this guy. Now we're going to look at all these databases. Uh, now, you know, now we're going to specifically target this, you know, this guy or anything, any uh, what we call selectors associated with them. Um, right. And they use everything. They use open source. They use your Facebook. Man, I, I used to look at uh, dude's Facebook pages all the time. <laughs> just to, and I'd have a translator sitting there like, yeah, dude, like, what's this guy talking about? And he's like, oh, you know, like, death to America stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. okay go figure. Go figure. That or, what's his um, old lady doing? You know? Yeah. Like, uh, like, what, what's his girlfriend doing? What's his wife doing? What's his and, his girlfriend, his his side lady, what, like his side chick, what's she doing? You and know? that's the big thing, too, because we used to have a saying that, you know, when I deployed, like I said, it was 2012. GWAT have been going on for 11 years at that point. All the dumb guys are dead. Uh, yep. So the smart smart guys are smart for, you know, they are smart. And it was mm-hmm. always their old lady or their dumbass cousin or their brother or something breaking their TTP, talking about something on a technology they should not have been talking on. Um, yep. You know, get, giving up their code words, giving up locations, giving up real names all that stuff, it, you know, and it eventually led to the actual high value target being found and prosecuted, whether we, you know, kicked his door in, shot him or like, you know, while he's walking around in his poppy field, you know, it, the Aussies were famous for just like scoping him in the head uh, and then letting their dog run up on him and chew on him for a second. That was an interesting. <laughs> mission. Um, I know man, nothing you know, of such things. <laughs> I know nothing no, of such I'm things. I'm sorry. That never happened. That's that was a joke. <laughs> never. In Minecraft. No. no. <laughs> Might have seen it in a movie once when I was. You know what? Maybe, that, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I'm just thinking of a movie. <laughs> Definitely not war crimes. Uh, no. Yeah. So that that's the big, the big thing that I want to try to convey to people is that um, one, you shouldn't be paranoid. Uh, in the modern sense, you should be paranoid in the classic sense where you can take two unlike, seemingly unlike things and connect them uh, in a valid way. But don't be anxious and on edge and think that all of your stuff is being looked at all the time. Because um, it's just not humanly possible. There's so many hours in a day. There's so many employees. You know what I mean? Like, There's a lot of factors right. that go into it. Um, and that's why we stress, don't do anything stupid. Don't say anything stupid. Um, emotions get the best of all of us. It happens to me. 
it's happened to me plenty yeah. of times. Uh, it still does. Oh, hell you know, yeah, I get yeah. fired up about something, shoot my mouth off when I shouldn't have. Um, but all the more reason to keep that in the back of your mind to not do that. Don't make, you know, you just did the gray man episode, um, that I saw come up and yeah, I mean, you, you got to remain average, seemingly average. That That's the biggest, uh, yeah. thing that I harp on as far as counter SIGINT on how to not get caught, um, be clandestine as possible. And man, just like even using, you know, we're not there yet, but brevity codes, um, Playfair squares, even um, when I was in AIT, they taught us the Caesar cipher, you know, yeah. Julius, Julius Caesar cipher. And granted, that was like the intro on how ciphers and encryption has evolved. Uh, and now it's digital. So, but I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I bet you if you use this right, that's still like very valid. We, we use brevity codes. You know, that's how I passed yeah. grid coordinates over the net to the guy on the ground. You know, we right. use brevity code. Uh, you know, because it was a 10 and, you know, 10s don't exist. So right. we'd use a brevity. Um, yeah, man. Uh, but, yeah. That's all I can think of for this the moment. You might have to jar my brain. <laughs> well, no. And, and for anybody that's been to the RTO course, they know right off the bat... <laughs> right after we have broken the equipment down and identified the capabilities of, of everything everybody brings to class. Because those of you out there who haven't taken the course, but maybe you've looked at the packing list and you're like, there, there is no packing list other than a notebook. That's right. And, and I tell everybody, all right, bring equipment that you actually have that you want to get some trigger time with, bring to class. The reason for that is, is that's realistic. What people bring to class is what they're actually going to be bringing to the party whenever the party gets started, right? right. That, that's what you have to work with. We're, we're not talking about, you know, a, a $12,000 Harris Falcon 3, you know, that Uncle Sugar dropped off to you or any of that that you probably don't know how to use anyway. Um, right. None of that stuff, right? Real world, common off-the-shelf equipment. And so when we go into the SOI, and I, I dive real deep into that, specifically what you're talking about is known as a SARNEG, or a Search and Rescue Numerical Encryption Grid, which is 10 yep. digits, uh, one through nine, and then zero to make the 10th digit. And you have a word that has no repeating letters in it. And there's a very specific yep. way that you go about doing that. And everybody memorizes it, and everybody uses it when you're out on patrol for the duration of that patrol. It is a very secure, for the duration of the mission, it is a very secure way to pass things like grid coordinates or numbers of things when you're sending up reports and whatnot. And yep. by the time a, a signals intelligence guy has intercepted it, and then an a, a, a analyst is there trying to put the package together, by the time they've done all that, it's a high likelihood that all of that information is now useless. So they can't really, it, it's not actionable anymore at that point. So when, when you're putting all that together, it is the, the actual tradecraft that goes into this stuff that is going to carry you through. And that's something that I teach. And you and I have talked about that a lot 
uh, in the past, both with uh, uh, forum posts on on the topic and, uh, you know, other other stuff. But I'll say, man, from your your huge amount of experience doing this uh, from the spooky end of things, the stuff that, you know, people write the novels about and, you know, what was the most common types of equipment and what would you say the most difficult equipment from a sig from a uh, sig enter's perspective what would be the most difficult equipment that you encountered to prosecute yeah yeah um, to actually man, get straight. actionable stuff off of just a freaking hf radio and a repeater yeah um you know the, the cell phone thing was just literally too easy um, I'm trying to think the cyber stuff. Uh, I didn't really get into the cyber stuff till I was getting out. I just got the training on it. Um, learned some coding stuff for some of the databases. Um, and that again, is, is just too damn easy, man. It's like literally a snail trail to your front door. You know, you you leave breadcrumbs everywhere. An HF radio is just an HF radio. You're, yep. you're just sending a signal with some uh, voice audio attached to it out over the net. Uh, we can get it and, you know, they can, they can direction find that stuff uh, from the air and the ground, but there, there were few and far between where the only time I saw it was when they were using it at the training camps. Um, so like one that sticks out of my mind and I don't remember what province in Afghanistan it was. Uh, prob yeah province um yeah but it was a taliban training camp it was clear as day you know we were isr was over it with a drone just looking at it with the camera for like five days straight they just had a constant stack of <laughs> uavs hanging out just watching 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 um you know then they send us up there with some sigan equipment and we were trying to figure out you know what's going on what are they talking about and yeah, we bombed the living crap out of them. But, you know, that was also, they had 50 military-aged males, no women, a couple kids. Um, you know, it's like, it's just too easy to figure that stuff out. Which, again, just don't make yourself obvious, you know? Right. Um, few and far between did I see an ambush team get murked because of SIGIN. It was usually because, well, they just were found you know what i mean like you know they just shot too much or it was something more on the ground in the actual fight that got them that got them got essentially it wasn't anything on sigint of you know we would get it like oh yeah they're, they're talking over here um you know they're talking tactical shit over here on this side and that's where you guys are getting shot from that's probably them we would kind of confirm it but as far as actually tracking down few and far between that was more for uh, what we called area studies or geospatial studies um, just to get a feel for like where general general area uh, where where bad guys were um, what they were talking about what frequencies they were using um, which was more for the LLVI guys um, right and they, again that was I saw a lot of it, you know, I'm, you probably have more experience, uh, tracking HF than I do. I, I, I did it for like a couple 
weeks. Um, some one of our guys got sick as a dog, so Manning problems as always. So they took me off of uh, the flying ISR stuff and put me on the um, the HF stuff for like a week and a half or two. Yeah, so I got and, to see some and cool that's stuff common. Right there. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, I was I was getting tossed all over the place sometimes. Um, but yeah, the HF tracking, it's so hard. I mean, you really got to know what you're doing. There's specialists that do that. That's all they do is push to talk radio communications. Yeah, it's uh, a, another buddy of mine who got out of first group. SF not that long ago, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's been in the past three years and, uh, we, he was 18 echo. And so we've had a lot of conversations about different things and he, and I mean, you got to keep in mind recent stuff. So folks, you're hearing it from, you've heard it from me in the past. You're hearing it here from, from a professional signals, intelligence guy. Um, and you know, other friends of mine, Analog radio, when implemented properly, especially on HF, is a freaking nightmare because there's there's so much technology that has to go into actually direction finding it. And, and in order to to do anything with it, to, to have exploitative value to it, you have to first you, you have to understand HF in and out. And that that's a whole area of study unto itself. It, that's I mean, that's a very difficult thing. Then from there and, and you're talking about limited training time, limited resources when you're having to do all of these things all at once. HF high frequency radio is very, very difficult in its most basic 100%. analog format. Um, so keep your gear simple, keep it simple. And you know, that, that's why I've, I've, over the years, I've taught as much about communications as I have, because that is an HF in particular, low band VHF is another one. It is very difficult. You can find the signal and you can, you can hear it if, if you have a dedicated guy that's sitting there listening to it. Right. But to get anything exploitative out of it, meaning actionable, something that that you know a trigger puller can actually be directed to do something with, that's it's it's a lot harder. Yeah, and um, you know I'd get the after action reports um, from from your boys in the lures when they would finally get somebody um, dingling around on an HF too long. Yep, and every single time they had this gigantic antenna that was just like it was just too powerful for what they were doing. You know, right. uh, come you know we I remember one it was this guy he was talking to somebody who was like I don't know six hundred meters away from him. Well, you know, our plane is more than six hundred meters up in the air, uh, and they <laughs> yeah. were using a dipole, and if you go to scouts RTO course, you'll probably learn this. A dipole antenna's radiation pattern is like a donut. So it's yep. like just equal in all directions. Um, so however far on the ground, uh, quote unquote straight line, you know, if you can hear your buddy and you can talk to him from three miles away, well, guess what? That means that somebody three miles up in the air can also hear what you're saying. Yep. Um, so, you know, keeping a small antenna, you know, that's why uh, I can't remember the brand. I got these stupid little cheesy 
radios and I'm telling, they only go like 200 meters. And that's like, if there's no trees in front of you, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but if you're, if you're working small unit tactics, you're not going to be that far away. You don't nope. need to talk, you know, uh, you don't need to be a ham in a tactical quote unquote situation. I hate that word, but um, in a combat situation or so, you know what I mean? Somewhere where you're not right. trying to be heard, you don't need, you don't want to be heard. So don't use your giant thousand watt CB antenna on your pickup truck. You know what I mean? Grab a cheesy little uh, Cobra that only transmits a couple hundred meters. Um, you know, scale it for what you need. If you need to talk to your buddy who lives three miles away, obviously you need something that does that. Um, also, there's repeaters that you can get for pretty cheap. There's a couple of YouTube videos that I've watched um, that don't seem too complicated, actually, for the average guy. To set yeah, up they're, they're pretty system. simple. Yeah, I mean, and, and they make duplex, and duplex means that, um, you know, if I, if Scout and I were on the radio, I would transmit on one frequency, and he would, uh, the repeater would get it, and then transmit it on a different frequency in which Scout would get it. Um, and then it would kind of go back and forth like that. That's what duplex means. Simplex is, it just goes and the repeater echoes it on the same frequency that it receives it on. Um, yeah, I, you know, it, it's not, it really isn't rocket science. Keep it simple, man. That, that's the biggest thing I can say is just keep your stuff simple. Cause I've seen so many, um, I'm not going to name names, but you've called them out. Uh, there's a YouTuber. And he was talking about a Blue Force ah. tracker and like yes. all this wacky stuff. And I'm like, dude, what? And this was, it was funny because I saw that video and then I think it was like a month later you, you mentioned it on the podcast. And I was like, damn, man, I couldn't have said that better myself. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. You know, like <laughs> if you get caught, if you get caught yeah. with your pants down, you're, you're fucked. And, um, and these guys, you know, you got to understand that there's a lot of product placement. I've talked about it several times. Yeah. YouTube, especially with uh, certain influencers, we'll just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. They get a lot of product placement put out there. And it's especially with the product in, in question, it's called ATAC. And yeah. it, it's essentially a a blue force tracker. So we used this thing called a blue force tracker, right? And it was like a little command and conquer game and it had your little icons. And originally it goes back to desert storm where a commander could see where all his vehicles were in real time. And yeah. uh, it, it was designed originally for mechanized warfare. Well, you know, that's all good and well, but that's conventional force stuff. Yeah. Okay. So what we've been trying to do now is implement that at, at the, you know, the individual level, which is a gold mine. If you get somebody like me or like you who rolls, you know, a, a group that's using that up, well, now I know where everybody is. So there was a lot of product placement that was going on there. And, and unfortunately, you know, we have this capitalist society that, you know, oh, we got to buy, everybody's looking for a, a better mousetrap and let's buy this cool guy shit, right? Because we all yep. want to be super cool guy. And, you know, oh, that's really cool. I knew where all my buddies are. Yeah, well, I know where all your buddies are too now because exactly. you didn't do any of the other things. So now your cool guy device, which a lot of ATAC is cell phone based also. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the devices are utilizing cell phones. 
So not yeah. a good thing. Now, and I, I harped, well, I didn't harp on it in my instructor class, but I mentioned it of like when I was trying to explain um, accuracy to them. Because, uh, you know, when we're doing the analysis, um, at least what we were doing with 2G and 3G uh, cell cell phone technology, um, it wouldn't just give you a dot. Um, you'd have to do a little bit of analysis, go figure. Right. Um, and they were talking about the accuracy, and I'm like, you know, y- your phone does have a GPS on it now with 4G or, th- you know, 3G plus. You've got a GPS that tells yep. you where you're at on the road. Um, and even when it's being completely inaccurate, it's only like 15 meters off of the road. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty yeah. accurate. Uh, so <laughs> cell phone technology is cool and it's very useful in day-to-day life, but in terms of, uh, not being caught, you know, I, and it's, uh, I'm glad you brought up the, we were talking about the blue force because when the Russians went into Ukraine, those dumbasses were using a blue force tracker. Yep. Uh, and that's how we found out that there were actual, uh, uniformed Russian troops, not Russian separatists. I mean, I'm sure there's a few, but when you hear Russian separatists in Ukraine, uh, that, that just means it's yeah. a Russian Russian soldier that's not wearing a Russian flag on his arm. You know, this yeah. camo is the same. They're all using the same guns. They all have super expensive nods. Um, yeah. They all, yeah, it's all issued gear. It's like, all right, well, you know. But yeah, that's how we actually found out that they were in there is because they were using a Blue Force tracker and they didn't turn them off because they were, us- they were using them for its intended purpose, but we exploited it. Um, how? Actually, I don't know. That wasn't... Uh, I didn't have access to that one, so I just got the product report from it, uh, and they just said they used the Blue Force trackers, or according to Blue Force trackers, this is where you know enemy positions are. So yep. you know that stuff that is supposed to help you might get you blown up, uh, and, and, and it probably will, and it probably will. For you sure, know, it, it, the the Russians. I know for a fact that the Russians had they had compromised BFT some time back, and uh, they were they were at least, to my knowledge, now yours exceeds mine by quite a bit, but they were emulating that technology from their own exploitative ends. So they were um, they had figured out how to break into it essentially especially the the first generation of bft yeah as well as the second um they were able to break into it and spoof it and the iranians they so the iranians when we were in iraq were actively collecting that information um and and refining it and seeing how they could figure it out so more often than not when i was in iraq we really didn't use bft um it was there but you know, we had it, whatever, but we really didn't use it. We didn't yeah, it implement for like emergencies. it. Right. Because it, it was, it, it was a piece of gear that, you know, okay, it's there, but we've got everything else that we're using and there's a high likelihood that this has been compromised. So we're, we're just not going to use the technology and, yep. you know, look at where we are now. It, 
you got to understand too, uh, for the audience out there that the Russians and Chinese, while we've been toiling away and, and jousting at windmills in Afghanistan and Iraq and all our adventures in regime change, right. They've been dumping money into signals intelligence oh, and yeah. electronic Especially warfare. The Russians, the Russians yep. electronic warfare system. Uh, if I had to put like a percentage of profit on how much they have learned from us, since, uh, well, just use GWAT. So from like 01 to now, I mean, over a thousand percent profits. They've learned everything that we do because we've been, you know, thinking we're swinging Richard out there and showing everybody <laughs> who's boss. But it's like, yeah, well, right. you know, if you're showing everybody you're swinging Richard, that means your pants are down, dumbass. You yep. know, everybody's everybody's seeing everything. Uh, we, they understand how we exploit they understand how we do the things we do um and they exploit our exploitations you know they exactly they actually learn how we're broadcasting or you know there you know there's passive uh intelligence and then there's active intelligence uh devices so when i was flying in isr i was actively doing manipulating signals to get a result passive is when you're just listening you know you're not interfering with any signals you're just collecting them um and they they figured that out and they learned how to do it the russians are doing it in syria they were and they are they're doing it in ukraine which is why i made it a point like hey you know they're they're doing trench warfare over there and they're using spools of landline telephone cable because you can't DF it. It's just going through a cable, a low voltage cable. Um, because they realized that the Russians were just tracking every single thing they did and heard every single word they said. Um, yep. And so, like you always say, keep it low tech, keep it simple, stupid. Every sports coach I've ever had and every drill sergeant and NCO has said that exact phrase, keep it simple, stupid. Like, don't yeah. overcomplicate it, don't make it. You know, you can't make a machine overly complicated because it's doomed to fail. Right. You know? And you can't master its full capability either. No, there's you just know? too much so about it. Yeah. It, the, the likelihood of it failing at that point and, and the, the points of failure, because greatest point of failure of any piece of equipment is always the human. It's, it's always the human aspect behind it. And yep. I mean, I ran into this a lot. And I know you did too, where you got an operator on the ground and he's just having a bad day or he's tired or, you know, calorie deprived, sleep deprived, whatever. And he's yeah. just not on top of his game, man. And hey, things yeah, happen. Maybe. But if he had a simple rugged piece of gear that wasn't, you know, a billion menu options to get it to work right, well, then he would be more effective. Yeah. I mean, I had a meeting with... um crap who was it man i should remember it but i can't the selective, deployment are selective. starting to fade well no it was, <laughs> it, was a group, it was a group guy um yeah and we had a meeting with him of like hey look what can we do better on ops to help you guys get in there faster get out faster and you know we were going over stuff and the guy was saying like hey like what can you actually do with your equipment. And I ran him through everything. He's like, Jesus, dude, you just dropped fucking 30 pounds from my rucksack. 
because these guys were yep. getting chinooked in 15 miles out, having yep. to hike in there and then get in there, do what they got to do and then get out. You know, that they're, they're hiking miles and miles. These guys are exhausted. Um, just like you said, man, they're, I'd be on the radio and I could hear it in their voice, man. They're just gassed out of breath and yeah. they still got another mile and they're just gassed already. And it's like, cause they're carrying all this shit. And that's why I'm glad to see that. Uh, and this goes for everything. Actually, I've been seeing on YouTube, the quote unquote retro rifles are coming back. Um, you know, it's like yeah. everything's coming full yeah. circle. We got like overly complicated and now we're starting to, okay, this is like just too much. We got to like back to basics. Um, right. You know, you don't need an extra five pounds of crap on your rifle. The rifle already weighs seven pounds or whatever, you know? Right. Um, same thing with SIGIN equipment, man. We're, I I've got, a am building a PowerPoint actually, um, for the green dragon and, and hopefully eventually in the future, something else. But yeah, the 82nd Airborne published this. Their LLVI operator had 151 pounds of gear on them. Yeah. I mean, that is incredible. I don't know if anybody's ever carried 151 pounds on their back. But, man, your quads better be, like, huge. Well, I mean, you better look like a power lifter to carry and that and not be gassed. It's not just that, too, man. It, it's so, like, our LLVI guys would be carrying uh, a signals intelligence system that they right. had on the ground, right? And and they're carrying that, and they're carrying the the uh, DF antenna, which looked like a giant hockey puck, yep. you know. And so <laughs> it's using the the fifty five ninety batteries, which yep. are the you know the same Harris batteries that go into one seventeen. And I mean, this kid's carrying by himself. He's carrying this system, which is the same size as a, as a, a 117 radio, enough batteries to last five days on his own, plus the antenna, which weighed that, – that hockey puck antenna weighed like another 12, 15 pounds. I was going to say, that so, thing is solid 10-plus pounds. Yeah. So he's carrying all this stuff, and he's not doing anything better than what – you know, a, a, a tool that I use in class – um, in the second course, the Alenco DJX11, which is it, it's basically that in a handheld unit that weighs right. less than a pound, and it's powered by battery or uh, by AA batteries. Yep. So you know, and and I took a police scanner because it, it was something that the guys. Uh, in Iraq, we're doing the SIGINT guys in Iraq were carrying just off the shelf police scanners. So when I went to Afghanistan. I brought one with me. I had a, a little Radio Shack Pro 96. I've still got it. Nice. And it could do all the same things that, yeah, I mean, that thing is, it, it's wore out, you know, it's it, it's desensitized because I've carried it everywhere, you know. Yeah. And I've still got notes on the back of this thing on a, on a little right in the rain piece of paper. I'll send you a, a picture of it when we're done here. But it is, it, it, it literally, it has a cheat sheet on the back of frequencies that were in use that the Taliban yep, were yep. using. And so dude, the, the second guy that was with us was just like, Hey, give me that, you know? And then, <laughs> then they started getting, uh, the ICOM R twenties and, uh, the AOR 8,200, which is, an, they, both of those are communications receivers. And there's newer versions of those two out now. Um, yeah. and so they were using those because they realized, man, 
when when you get up to 6,000, 7,000 feet and you're doing a 10, 12, 13 mile insertion with a guy like me who, you know, I we in garrison, we road marched. We we ran and we rucked. You know, right. and that was that was I mean, days that you were rucking, like that's that's all you're doing. But the SIGINT guys had a big disadvantage because they got to stay sharp on all these other skills. Whereas trigger pullers, hey man, all we got to do is be in shape. That's it, you know. And so they're at a big disadvantage. But if I'm gassed out at the end of something like that, I know this dude was sucking, and you could just see it. You know, so keeping oh, yeah. gear light, keeping gear uh, simple is always going to be more effective. For sure. For sure. And um, for a partisan, you know, even like Scout was saying, the equipment that they were carrying, man, it, it's so heavy. I mean, it was total of like, I don't know, probably 80 pounds of just SIGIN equipment. Um you know, I was referencing the 82nd Airborne's thing for 151 pounds because they got to carry the SIGIN equipment and sustainment for themselves. Yep. And ammo, and, you know, what first aid, whatever else they have. Um, and they also had the advantage of having an armored truck, you know, and a lot of logistics behind them. Um, as a partisan, yeah, man, you're going to be walking out your door with a backpack. Uh, yeah. And that's it. You know, and you got your buddy, like, yeah, uh, I mean, sometimes, (laughs) yeah, that's a good point. You might not even have a rucksack, man. You might have, like, a satchel or something. Um, So, keep it light uh, and and don't overcomplicate this stuff. Um, It's pretty simple if you really break it down. If If you boil the fat off of it, it's not, don't let it overwhelm you. Because I know you're hearing terminology and you see stuff on the forum and you're like, holy crap, man, I'm never going to learn this. But you also have to remember, I was in training. I went from basic training to AIT to Fort Huachuca for more training. That literally was 365 days from the time I got to basic training of just nothing but training. And then I got to my yep. first unit, trained for another six months, and then deployed. Yep. So, you know, that's that was my job. Um, you know, you as the partisan... Like right now, I'm not doing SIGIN anymore. You know, I'm just a regular guy, regular job. Um, so don't let it overwhelm you. And a lot of this stuff, man, honestly, if you just turn yourself into a trained monkey, you you can do it. Um, the science behind it definitely helps you figure out troubleshooting, uh, especially when you're trying to direction find. Because um, there is a little bit of uh, tricks that, that go into it. It's not just go out there and point uh, until you find something there. There is a bit of art and science behind it. Oh yeah. The biggest thing is, uh, for the partisan, if you have a team crew mag, whatever you want to call it, um, get everybody spun up on it because like I said, you have to, when you're DFing something, you have to triangulate it and triangles have three sides, which means you have to have, three different lines of bearing on that trans on that same transmitter. Um, so you can do it by yourself, but it takes a lot longer and it's not as accurate because the transmitter might've moved. But if you get it all roughly at the same time, um, and this is another thing I stressed on map reading. 
uh, in the Green Dragon Academy for this reason is I have laminated maps. The reason being yep. is because if I'm doing LLVI, I want to be able to take a dry erase marker, draw a lob or line of bearing, and be able to wipe it off for the next time. Um, yep. Little stuff like that. You know, obviously that's just going to come with experience. Um, and just remember that geospatial is huge because they, they do have permanent sensors. There's semi-permanent sensors. There's what, I, like I said, what I call tactical sensors, which is um, a plane going up. That's only got so much uh, fuel for one mission. Then it's got to land. Then they have to replace it. You know, that usually happens on station. So like one guy goes up, replaces it, and then the other guy leaves. Um, but that's, you know, a lot of weather dependent, you know, because I remember when I got back to Garrison after deployment, we started remoting everything. We weren't flying anymore because of uh, Obama and the bog reduction, the boots on the ground reduction. Yep. So, you know, there was days where we were sitting in that office for a 12 hour shift and we literally didn't do anything. Like we had risk, uh, chess, monopoly, like we, that's all we had time to do. Or that's the only thing we could do with our time because, you know, there's a blizzard in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, sometimes they just can't fly. Um, or like yesterday in my area, man, it was thick ass fog. Um, there yep. was a guy lighting, there was a guy lighting fireworks off and I know this guy and I know he's got big, big, big rockets over there. I couldn't even see the lights coming off of these fireworks. Yeah. It was that thick. And in situations like that, uh, fog is a cloud. Cameras can't see through clouds. Um, at least with the IR, you know, I won't get too much into that, but I I don't want to talk out my ass because I've never seen it firsthand, but I'm pretty sure there's a camera <laughs> that yeah. camera lens, a chemical camera lens that can see through a lot. Um, I don't think they have the X-ray, the Superman vision yet, though. I don't know about that one. But, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's a lot. Uh, it was a lot for me. Even when I was in AIT, man, I was like, oh, my God, dude, I don't. I was 18 when I joined. I was like, oh my God, dude, this is just too much. I don't understand any of this. Like it's you know it's cognitive overload, but if you stay if you stay mentally engaged in it, it's one of those things that if you like for me, you know, I'm getting ready to teach, you know, six day class, the signals intelligence is the the end of it, uh, the last two days. And um you know, I have to go through that week before class. I'm going through and refreshing my own knowledge in it too. You know, and and you just have to stay sharp. It, it's repetitions. You know, when we're yep. when we're working out, the more reps you get in, the more in shape you're going to be. The better you're going to be for that task. Our brains are muscles as well. So the more reps you get in. Because it's all a perishable skill, man. You 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 know, you're talking about with land navigation. You know, you and I both heard it coming up through the ranks that land nav is your most perishable skill. And it is. Oh, it but 100% all, is. Yeah, man. All this knowledge is a very perishable skill. Everything about it is perishable. So you got to constantly dust it off. And that's both one of the uh, one of the tricky things about being a, a prepper or, you know, somebody who is, uh, you know, 
a, a conservative activist and concerned about whether the, the direction of things going in this country is, is no doubt the bulk of our listeners are, or, you know, you're an operator overseas or, you know, whatever it is, you got to stay sharp on a broad multitude of tasks in order to be on top of your game, because right. somebody is going to figure out your point of exploitation. They're going to yep. do it. And we all have one. Everybody has one. And that's, you know, you and I have talked about this. We talked about it on a forum with other people. Um, you know, social media is a big weakness that people have right now here in the States, but it's not isolated to the United States either. You know, going back to your example about Russia and Ukraine, one of the ways that, that uh, to my knowledge, and this is just based on open source intelligence, is one of the ways that we figured out that it was it was Russian soldiers that were coming into Crimea and then into Donbass is they were literally getting on social media and talking about it. <laughs> yeah. And we're all oh, yeah. over that. Oh, yeah. And even and the other thing about social media, um, I, I don't know if they they probably still have it. I haven't been on social media in years, but I remember Facebook specifically. You could uh, tag yourself at a location. Yep. Um yeah, that's running in the background all of the time. So even if those dumbasses didn't get on Facebook, uh, we, you know, we could figure it out anyway. You know, even if they didn't pin themselves or take pictures with the uh, lat long uh, stamped in the background, um, you know, don't don't bring your cell phone to a gunfight. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. When I heard <laughs> about that, I was like, "Are you guys kidding me? Like, y'all professionals? What?" What? Um, they got the same problems we do, though. I mean, no, you I know, mean, our, yeah, guys, our guys are just as dumb. You know, wearing a Fitbit and mapping out a, a an airfield from a fob yeah. that's not supposed to exist. Or you know, or I mean, a come on, man. Pictures. A, a <sighs> colonel. T- I, I remember this example. A colonel, or no, he was. It was a lieutenant colonel, mm-hmm. um, and he was taking pictures of like his little barracks uh, connex thing that he was living in. And then <laughs> they got on a Blackhawk and dummy was taking pictures of the fob. Like they did an orbit around the fob uh, just to give the guy like an idea of like, Hey, here's where everything's at. And he, you know, taking pictures is not the worst thing, right? That in itself is not the problem. It's the problem of he took it on his cell phone and then posted it right. on Facebook. What he should have done is well one, you know, there's such thing as uh, satellite maps that we already have. So the fact that he felt the need to take pictures was kind of dumb because uh, you can just kind of look at a satellite picture that you already have. But he posted them on Facebook. Well, if you think for <laughs> one second that you know, I was talking to uh, Johnny Paratrooper the other day, and we always had a saying that all the dumb ones are dead. Yep. And I think I might have mentioned that already in this podcast, actually. But the they're not dumb, and they know who to look look for. If you post something on Facebook, there there's a part of that um, programming that those posts are geographically mapped, and other Facebook users are more likely to see that. If you're in close quarters to someone. You might get the people you may know. Well, what if you got, 
one of those guys in the chow hall, the local nationals who are on the other team. Yep. And they're always around you. Well, now they're going to see the pictures that you post on Facebook. Um, you know, it, it, it was just stupid. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't even have words for that guy. I'm glad he got fired. Um, <laughs> and and the thing about it is, is I don't see the, the situation getting much better um, until people really get their ass kicked. I don't see it getting a lot better. I mean, it, it should be, um, you know, I, I've made the, the comment in the past, even here recently, that there, there's no such thing as OPSEC anymore. Um and, and that's just based on what I know and, and what I see. You know, everybody, it seems like everybody wants to, uh, you know, be a cool guy, take a cool guy pictures. And um, it wasn't that long ago that I was sitting and drinking coffee with a guy who uh, he had come up in uh, 75th Ranger Regiment and then went over to uh, a group in the CIA. And, uh, you know, he's, he's sitting there telling me about it, you know, and okay. I mean, whatever I, I've worked around those types many times. All right, whatever, man. It, okay. Um, and I'm sitting there wondering like, this guy hasn't known me very long. Why are you telling me all this stuff? But all of a sudden he's, he's telling me about all these, uh, YouTube personalities that he knows and he knows this guy and he knows that guy and whatever. And he pulls up Instagram, which he's got his own Instagram thing. And he pulls up Instagram and he's showing me all these people that he knows on Instagram and telling me all about their backgrounds and telling me all about this and all about that. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not op four for you, but you also really don't know me either. And you're telling me all this stuff. And some of these guys are still active duty. They're still operating. They're still, you know, in working environments. Yep. I mean, and, and they were, so they, and, and, you know, he's talking to me about the newest generation of ATAC that is using, um, some broadband capabilities out there. And I'm not going to dive too deep into that, but he's showing me all these pictures of it that are on Instagram. Yeah. And I just looked I mean, at him and, and we're sipping coffee, you know, and he's telling me like, he, he's impressing me. And I said, you know, you're, you're handing somebody else all this stuff who knows what they're doing when they look at it. It could be an insurgent. It could be, you know, foreign actors that, that are state supported. I know damn well, the Chinese are sucking all that up like a vacuum cleaner. Oh yeah. And, and you're just sitting here talking about it. Like it's a joke. This stuff is going to get you killed guy. You know, yeah. and, and, but they, you know, there and it his, is. And his buddies, you know, I, I, I couldn't believe like, and, I hate to go back to the YouTube guys, but I've seen a couple new YouTube guys where they make these music videos of them being in Syria and all that. And they work yep. with a, a guy who just recently got out, who was a uh, tier one dude. And, you know, for the longest time they were blurring his face out, but now his face is out there, you know, he's doing interviews and it's like, well, dude, now like, now everyone knows who you are. Now they know your social network. So you're right. putting your active duty dudes in a bad spot because you hang out with them and you talk to them. Like you're giving another, you're making another uh, link in the chain week. Um, right. Like with as, as far as pictures go, God, there's like, I think we took a group photo when we got back 
it never really went anywhere. But as far as me overseas, man, there is one picture of me overseas with my squad leader. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. And we were on uh we were on Bagram and it was like in the corner, you know what I mean? There was like nothing around. There was nothing in the background up against T walls and uh, a couple Hescos. So but I see guys, yeah, they're taking pictures of like, you know, the mortar pits and all this, and it's like, oh my God, you guys no opsec at all. Uh, yeah. and people just it slips their mind that like all of this stuff can be exploited. And again, that doesn't mean I want people walking around, you know, having a heart attack all day, thinking that everything they do is being recorded and somebody's after them. But, you know, take these lessons and translate them to your day-to-day and your future or potential future. You know, that, that's the biggest point I try to get across is, you know, this is just examples. Um, but yeah, as far as the guys doing it now, I'm blown away of like, and I think you said it before, like, you know, I know an old guy, a Vietnam guy, and he even said the exact same thing that you were talking about. You know, a bunch of old SF dudes and they're not really impressed because these guys think they're like, think they're actors like they're Hollywood you know they're like oh look at us we're so cool and you know man that's that's not being professional at all that's that's kind of being an amateur about it you know I'm not doubting that they couldn't beat my ass and turn me into a pretzel and shoot me from a mile away but you know that doesn't mean that they're not a professional (laughs) yeah but I mean the thing is though is there's there's a lot of bubba's that have that capability out there that aren't green suitors that aren't coming from dot mill backgrounds you know, I've encountered some of these guys who, you know, you you wouldn't know them from Adam. And, and if you saw them, you really wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't bat an eye at them. You, you just kind of write them off. And there's some I'm, I'm going to say there are some serious dudes out there that you that are that are absolute ghosts online. You're not going to find anything about them or, or what they're doing. And, you know, I've worked with some of these guys and they, and you know, civilian, but they are very serious about training, getting real world training as well. And I'm telling you, there's for the the Patriot side of things in this country, there's a lot of real serious dudes out there, but they are out there training. You know, they're not out there running their mouth or, or, you know, posting stuff up online. And that's also not to, to uh, trash certain communities either, because I know a lot of guys who, who are trigger pullers still that are in that are very, very talented at what they do. And they're rolling their eyes at, at a lot of these clowns also. Yep. But um, I mean, they, there is and, and it's being recognized now. There's a lot of professional development uh, papers that, that are being written out there from the command level that they're calling this stuff out and saying, look, you know, we got to tighten up. Because yeah. this, this stuff is, you know, this stuff has got to have a, a end state because it's it's going to get people killed. OPSEC, is, I mean, operation security among guys, I mean, and, and for, for your, you know, your average civilian out there that's listening to this, why do you need to be worried about, you know, OPSEC? What, it all boils down to threat modeling and, you know, what what the threat against you is. Well, let me remind everybody out there that, you know, there were people who got rolled up after January 6th. 
simply because they were there, they were in the yep. area, and they're still being held right now. Now, however that breaks down, you know, that is what it is. But you have to take all that into account. And how did that happen? How did those guys get targeted? How did all that stuff, how did the ball get rolling with that? Cell phone data and social media data. Yep. You know, data, digital data. That's the, that's the big thing now is like, you know, to go back to the HF, um, the use of HF, it's not digital. If you hear digital, that means that there is literally a breadcrumb of ones and zeros with your device information on it every 100% of the time. You can mask it. You know, you can do your best. You can use the Tor and the VPN in a specific way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if it's if it's digital, you're, you're done. They got you. One way or another, they're going to find out. Um, and, yeah, that's how this January 6th guy's got got rolled up is because they, they had their cell phone location data. Uh, they were probably posting stuff online with, with geotags on it. Um, just uh, there's probably a million things that they used and it's not yeah. hard to get. No, it, it, it's, and, and I think taking all of that into account, there's a proper way to use some of these things. Uh, social media certainly has a, a certain use to it. One of the best uses, ironically, one of the best uses I've seen of social media has actually come from Rose City Antifa. Um, They, over the past couple of years, they have used Twitter as a mass communications device, and the way that they implemented it has been very good. And so you got to understand, for for all the listeners out there, that you know, in, in the last episode that I recorded, Earlier today, I talked about uh, a uh, Antifa guy, a, a Antifa terrorist in Portland, who was actively trying to assault and permanently blind federal officers that were protecting the courthouse, and he just had all charges dropped against him by the Department of Justice. You know, and and so you know you, you can take make of that what you will. But these guys are serious and they have a serious training pipeline behind them as well. And they we have differential treatment at this point in, in the United yep. States. So take these lessons to heart. You can't be doing the same thing. You can't think, oh, well, I'm just going to get away with this stuff or, oh, you know, it's it, you know, it, it's all going to be good. It's, it's just one big game. I'm telling you, there's going to come a point in time as you know the the levels of corruption keep getting worse and worse and conservative americans decent hard-working folks out there who are genuinely concerned about the direction of their country we're gonna be targeted okay we're gonna be targeted it is going to happen so you gotta you gotta learn how to protect yourself yep and you know going back to that brendan o'connell video um you know there's a macro going on too that you have to keep in mind um because yep. these IIAs are using your data against you, and the better you mask it, the better you act like someone else. Um, I think I did a little write-up on the forum. You know, when you're using yeah. the internet, you can't go onto a website without saying who you are and where you came from. You can lie about it, but you have to say that. Don't give them your social and your last five addresses. You know? Right. Um, and 
these Antifa guys, you know, that they're the micro. They're a real threat. They are. Uh, whether yep. it's artific- artificially made, you know, it's not organic, um, and they're being essentially brainwashed. Um, they're still a threat. You know, in Frederick, Maryland, I saw, uh, you know, it was laughable amount. I think it was like 12 of them marching down the street. But they were flying that Antifa flag, and I saw that same flag in Syria when, quote-unquote, American citizens were going to f- help fight um, for somebody. I can't remember who, what side. I was a the Kurds. Kind of mess. The, yeah. the YPG um, and uh, the, the YPG and, and uh, Rosava. That was something that, that I've been covering for a number of years now. And that so that specifically uh, was they, they literally looked at that and that whole conflict as their time to shine. It was their Spanish Civil War. It was their training ground. They even set up an academy there, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that was what they called it. They had a, a six-week-long basic training in guerrilla warfare and political indoctrination that these guys were going to. And they had Americans. They had Europeans. They yep. had. Uh, they even had a Russian component that was going there. And, you know, you, you can make of that what you will, but those guys all came back to their respective parent countries. They've all come back now. You know, the, the Kurds kicked all the Westerners out for a, a variety of reasons. But, you know, th- they're all back here now and they have combat experience. And they yep. are taking that, that knowledge that they cultivated there and they are combining that with modern technological enablers. They are combining that with the modern trade craft that we've been discussing here. And they know that the most important thing to take away is that they know that it works. They understand the relevance and they know that it works because they've seen it work overseas. In a real combat zone. Cause I don't know if anybody's seen the Syria footage, but uh, you know, there's some serious fighting going on over there still. Um, and when oh, this yeah. was going on, it was big league. You know, they weren't. Uh, yeah, this this wasn't like a let's pretend like we're fighting. And you know, this this was big league fighting. And I saw firsthand exploited uh, photographs of Antifa flags in Syria, um, and they learned from radicals. And now they are radicals. You know, you want to talk about how to radicalize somebody, you know, get somebody to strap a bomb onto their chest and go blow up a convoy of armored vehicles. Um, And that's who these guys were learning from. So, you know, and they did the same crap. They know how to use radios. They know how to do all this stuff. And they have also, you know, these guys come back and they have the advantage of having uh, university and IT degrees and, you know, limitless knowledge that they can apply and all this technology, um, which conversely knowing that, um, like we said earlier, the more complicated, the more high tech, the more they can be exploited. Um, as a partisan, eh, most people aren't going to be able to exploit it too much, but use your open source. Um, I'm a Siginer, but man, uh, Sigin, uh, it, Sigin drives missions, but it, it more is better at confirming other knowledge from human open source um, imagery, all that good stuff. 
it's it's more of a confirmation. So, you know, if if the other team's doing it, you should probably do it too. Um, and like, and if it's working, police scanner, yeah, uh, a police scanner and a directional antenna. Um, yep. that's it, man. That's that, that's literally it. Um, and a map. You know, that's pretty low tech. Uh, it's yeah, low tech. Bargain basement warfare. You know, bargain basement warfare is a, a term that I picked up from a, a really old school author from the late 1950s, early 1960s named Jack Weller. And Jack Weller wrote a couple of books. The most important one he wrote, though, was called Fire and Movement. And that's literally what he talks about is bargain basement warfare in the next generation. And he was writing this as uh, you know, the Mau Mau insurgency was, had just wrapped up. Angola was happening. You know, Rhodesia was, was in its infancy. Um, you know, the, um, uh, Vietnam, French Indochina was, was going to give way to, uh, the Vietnam conflict of, of America, you know, being there. And so he, he took all of that. He talked about Korea in depth and, it was really that book is a good insight to where we are today as well. And that applies directly to signals intelligence. The more old school, low tech, you, I mean, you know, this back me up if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Every time we would go high tech, the insurgency would go low tech. Oh, every single time, man. They, it didn't take long for them to catch on. You know, it, they would figure it out real quick of, okay, every time we're on the radios, and we're just chatting it up like the U.S. forces would do and just be on the radio for 60 seconds straight, um, you know, maybe with a break here and there. But, you know, they, they weren't uh, quick messaging anything. Oh, yeah, when we do this, we get blown up. Or, right. yeah, when we do this, all of a sudden, you know, the more we use our radios and repeater networks, the more we hear planes flying around in the air. Yep. And, you know, uh, the more I'm on my phone and, and use, you know, use my phone for clandestine comms, the more funny stuff starts happening to my phone. That's weird. Uh, you know, they, they pick up on it so quick and then immediately they just drop. We had a network that, man, I targeted these guys so many times. I mean, I probably logged, I don't know, 40 flight hours on these assholes. And that's a lot for, you know, for what we were doing. Usually I was like eight, 12 hours on one uh, target set. Yep. You know, by that time we should all, you know, we should have our ducks in a row. I'm going in there to fix them so we can just blow them up or do what we got to do. That was like the last step. Um, and man, every time, dude, they were squirrely. They knew everything. Every time we found them, every time we found their new shit, they would, they would figure it out. And then they'd be gone for another month. And then we'd pick them back up a couple weeks later. And they were just, it was whack-a-mole with them. Except we would never hit the whack-a-mole. We would just never right. hit them. Right. And it's because they would go low-tech for a bit. You know, get get new phones, get new SIM cards, get new whatever. Um, you know, then they switched to DMR. Instead of just using radios. And they were just texting on the DMRs. And that, you know, that threw everybody for a curveball. Um. And yeah, man, it, and that's the biggest lesson that I learned is, man, it's so easy to trick a high tech military like this. If you literally yeah. just keep changing the technology that you're using, 
Like, or just use it in a different way. Yeah, just don't use it the same way all the time, and and switch stuff up. Change your game plan. You know, don't. Uh, you know, and this is big for mags and, and preppers. You know, prepper groups is, you know, if the the big event happens and you know, the planned destruction of our country actually does go through, you're going to be targeted, and the quote unquote marauder groups. Um, probably are going to be picking up on this. So when you do your radio calls in the morning to check up on everybody, don't do it at 7 a.m. every single day. You know, right. do, it at fi- do it at 5 a.m., do it at 8 a.m. You know, change it up. Brevity codes that we went over earlier, change those up. Um, don't use the same call signs because that's another one. Do not use the same call signs. Um, and even if you can help it, another thing that threw us for a loop with the HF stuff, you know, we had a guy, he would get, he had like 15 kids and he would use, he would tell his kids what to say. You know, he'd, he'd, <laughs> he'd be coaching them and they'd be on the radio so we could never get a voice confirmation. You know, because the linguist, part of a linguist job is to be professionally trained on voice identification. So you right. could say, yeah, okay, that's the same guy that's talking on this frequency or that's the guy that's talking on this conversation, whatever. Um, but yeah, he'd get his kids to do it. And then he'd get on there and say something if it was, you know, something he didn't want his kids hearing, I guess. But yeah, he'd change it up a lot, man. He was smart and he never got caught. He's probably still out there to this day because he was a target when I was there in 2012. And then when I was researching target lists for my students in 2016, he was still there. Yeah. I was like, man, we haven't got this guy yet. Are you kidding me? This dude is so smart. I mean, you know, he and he was a target from like 08 is when he first got tasked. I was like, holy shit, dude, this guy has been around for almost 10 years. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's a long time. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's just because he was smart. He's smart. And, and there's some sharp dudes. You know, we we have that that Western hubris that I like to call it. Where we think, you know, like, oh, we're so much smarter. These guys are all, you know, 80 IQ cave dwellers and whatever. Nah, man, there's some sharp dudes out there. And and the smart ones are not the ones running around in camo, swinging Kalashnikovs in the air, you know, and and, and doing the dumb stuff, you yeah. know, and, and rehearsing Battle Drill 1 over and over again for everybody to see. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be doing that. Obviously, I teach that stuff, too. But – there's time a time and a place. place for everything. Yep. Yep. Time and a place for everything. And that goes, that's a principle, man. So that goes for like everything. There's a time and a place to use a certain technology in a certain way. There's a time and place to carry, uh, like right now, you know, it's getting pretty cold. Uh, instead of carrying a subcompact, I can get away with carrying a full size pistol, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, there, there's a time and a place to do, different uh tradecraft techniques and you know instead of carrying uh putting your hf radio in your vehicle and mounting it on the dash for everybody to see in your giant antenna well maybe you can just get away with your baofeng you know yep um you don't always have to have your biggest baddest gear to get the job done for the day and same thing with your cell phone. You don't have to always have your cell phone on you. Um, you know, the other day, uh, me and the old man, we were out somewhere 
uh, with the family and we had walked off to go, Oh, we were cutting down Christmas trees. And <laughs> me and my old man went down to, we, we spotted a tree way down, like uh, pretty far away. And you know, the family didn't follow us. And we both looked at each other and we were like, we couldn't find them anywhere. We were like, shit, neither one of us have our cell phone on us. But, you know, but that's the point is they couldn't find us because we didn't have our cell phone. And that was right. my family. You know what I mean? That was my family that knew exactly what I looked like and what I was wearing that day. They couldn't find me or my dad. Um, so you don't always have to have your cell phone on you. If you're going to the grocery store that's a couple miles down the road and you've been there a thousand times, you don't have to take your cell phone with you. You know, right? Um, it just you know, if it there, if there's an emergency, you, there's other ways of, of getting help. You know, somebody else is going to have a cell phone. You don't always have to have it on you yourself. Um, because yeah, I mean that's just that's how a lot of bad guys got away in Afghanistan. They just didn't have a cell phone on them ever. Yeah, you know? and, they had some other. They had their lackey carry it for them, and the lackey got blown up half the time. Yeah, I, I mean that when when you said that, that's I have a very specific incident in mind where that happened, where um, because you you always had your HVI and 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 if he was high enough up the food chain, he would always have a jundi with him, yep. which is basically he's a jundi means a, a soldier, but he is a essentially a bodyguard for the guy. But what this guy was doing specifically was giving communications devices, and it wasn't a cell phone that he was he was handing off. This dude never talked on a radio either. He, yep. I mean, he he was really really good, and uh, he ended up getting whacked too. But his Jundi was the one who got it first, and he disappeared for a while. We got him. He so we got him by mistake thinking that we were getting who we were really after because this guy that he had set up, his, his Jundi essentially was following all the same patterns of life and he did it on purpose. The guy was a ringer for him and, yep. you know, got him. Oh, hell yeah. You know, we, we, we got him. We wrote, well, nah, it turned out wrong dude. He was connected with the other guy, but he he was not the target, not the primary target we were after. And it took us, uh, it probably took, I think it was about four more months of intense patterns of life missions, um, really surveilling that area hard before we found the actual target we were looking for. And we ended up getting him, but it was it, it took a mountain of work to get that dude. And there were a lot of other targets that we could have went after in the meantime, but we didn't do it because this guy was so critically important to take off the yep. battlefield. And I'm glad you brought up how much time and work it took. Um, Cause I, the Hollywood myths, man, were like, they just type your name in and your driver's license, uh, you know, everything about you pops up on this screen, like a bunch of pop-ups, like you're on a, porn site in the 90s or something you know like it's just duh, 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 and everything comes up about you that's just not real doesn't happen um it just yeah that's just not how it works it takes hours and hours and hours of research and man just breaking down one guy's social network me and my buddy you know he was another instructor and we were working on this giant network for all this, like every single one of the students to all take a part of. So it just like kind of at the end of the class came together so we could t like 
teach them this is how a SIGINT cell works. Like you all work on a different part of the insurgent network, bring it all together to paint this glorious picture and you get them figured out. Instead of, you know, five guys working on 18 different targets, you get 18 guys working on one target. Um, but that took a whole week and that was like 30 students and they got, it was like 16 dudes that they were looking at, you know, and some, there were some other aspects of it, just general, like, Hey, you know, what, what are the frequencies of interest in this area? Um, what are the significant activities was part of it. And that was part of the area study, which is a huge part of geospatial because, you know, we can tell you to go out with a scanner and a directional antenna, but if you don't have prior knowledge of general frequency usage, you're right. just going to be track. You don't know who the hell you're tracking. You don't even know what the hell you're tracking. You might be tracking a freaking Wi-Fi antenna, you know, if you got the right equipment. <laughs> Water meters you know, or, you know. Anything. Anything know. Right. and everything. Uh, you might be tracking down, like, you know, if you're not familiar with the area, I might DF the freaking radio station. You know, I'm tracking down the country radio station and I get there and I'm like, oh, well, damn, that's just a radio station, you know? Yep. Um, yep. Or like, uh, or you track down the weather channel, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the um, NOAA towers, you know, because they transmit on uh, VHF. Yeah. In my area, it's VHF. Megahertz. Yep. 162 megahertz band. Yeah. You might track down a freaking NOAA tower because you have no idea what you're tracking down. Um, so the geospatial goes for you as well. Um, and HVIs to translate it. Um, I'm not saying to go out and be a vigilante, but maybe take a look at who the gangs are in your area. Uh, arrest records. Like if there's a known violent dude, sexual predators, stuff like that. And that's for prepping, you know, like you want to know who's around you before you move to an area. Cause I know a lot of people are moving these days. Um, yep. check out, you know, your, your existing repeaters for hams. You know, if you move to an area, the first thing a ham guy does is look up what the repeater networks are looking like, like what frequencies they're on. Um, and then they hop on and figure out who's who, who's in the area, introduce themselves. Um, and that, that's how I take geospatial and put it into my civilian life I'm like okay you know this is going on over here this is going on over here and map it out you know right now you can use a computer and a mapping program um i'm you know if the world goes to hell paper maps all the way um but you're gonna have to map stuff out so you can know where it's at and right that is a huge part of sigint is there's a lot of back um behind the scenes going on other than you know, oh yeah, it's this, it's this door, it's this house, it's, you know, it's, it's, he's up on that hill. Um, there's a lot more that happens. There's dozens of hours of analysis that happens before that point of targeting. Um, it's, it's a huge cycle and it's a lot of work, uh, which is why you need a lot of people to at least be semi familiar with it. And yeah, when you're doing the analysis, Man, just ask the regular questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how at every level. Every single new piece of information, you got to ask those same questions over and over again and write it down because you're going to forget for sure. I've, man, I was terrible about that. I'd be like, oh, no, I'm going to remember that. And then like 15 minutes later, nah. like, oh, shit, dude, now I got to query that again. Yeah. After half hour. Yep. 
Dude, notebooks, old school notebooks, notebooks pen, paper. Yep. Yeah, brother, it has been a a bombshell of an interview uh, so far. Gonna have you on a bunch more times too, man. Madman, actual. Uh, Your podcast series. When is that getting up? What's your ETA on that? Uh, well, you know, Johnny Paratrooper said he was going to help out with that. Um, I want to do a little bit of SIGINT knowledge, but actually, you know, with the IIA thing going on uh, with Brendan O'Connell, I think I want to yeah. do like a morale, like how do we live in a society like we have and not lose your mind? Because when I figured all this out, I damn near lost my mind. I, I was like, this can't be real. Like, so, uh, you know, I'm going to do some book recommendations. Um, I've been reading the blacksmith publishing stuff. Uh, God's man is one of them. Um, you know, just how do you live in a society like this? How do you keep yourself safe from false information, fake news, just, and not only that, but not fall for the propaganda. Cause if you listen to the news, we're losing, but that's just not true. Right. Um, you know, don't, don't pay attention to what the other, don't pay attention to what your enemy is telling you. Because he's he's full of crap. He's trying to get in your head, and that's well. That's the if they were actually winning, yeah. If, if they were actually winning, they wouldn't have to say it over and over again. Exactly. You know, just, okay, you know they got it, but they're they're not, and that that's why they're ramping it up. Even I mean, even the so called conservative outlets, you know, Fox. Mm, you know, it, it's good for some things, but. Man, well, they, they know, really, really love selling folks on the flag over and over again, you know? Yeah. You know, Red so, Rupert owns uh, Sky News Australia. Yep. Yeah. Dude had a bust of Lennon in his uh, college. There you go. There you go. So keep in mind, man. Sorry, I just dropped my phone. My mic unplugged. <laughs> nah, it's um, all good. But yeah, man, just I, I want to keep people safe. I want to educate people. So it's just going to be a pod kind of like radio contra, man. You cover everything. Yeah, um, brother. So I'm just going to do what I can to help the cause, bro. That's it. Amen. So Amen. Madman actual. Any, any last little bit before we jump off of here? Um, keep it simple, stupid. Cause I'm not a smart guy. And if you can figure this out, or if I can figure this out, you can figure this out. See how dumb I am? I screwed up that saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, just keep it simple because it's if you break it down and you boil all the fat off of it, it's not that complicated, and repetition is key. Amen. Well, folks, it has been an absolute honor. Thanks for being with us yet again. Madman Actual, brother, thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule on New Year's Day to share some knowledge, share some wisdom. Thank you for having me, man. It was a pleasure. All right, brother. Hey, to all of you out there, happy new year. We're going to have uh, a lot more interviews like this one, Madman Actual, and I've got a few other folks who uh, I'm really excited to have here in the near future. Check us out. Check out Green Dragon Academy as well. Uh, Madman Actual and Johnny Paratrooper running that. And uh, a lot of great work that's happening over there. Brushfeeder.org slash training calendar where you can find all the in-person dates. And of course, the Podbean patron-only series, Lessons from the Farm, 
that I'm doing fairly regularly. Check out the patron page. $5 level, you have access to all of those lessons as well as everything back in the archives. Folks, God bless all of you, and I'll be talking to you again very, very soon. Zensi Scout, out.